Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You don't just live in your home, you live in your neighborhood as well. So when you're shopping for a home, you want to know as much about the area around it as possible. Luckily, Homes.com has got you covered. Each listing features a comprehensive neighborhood guide from local experts. Everything you'd ever want to know about a neighborhood, including the number of homes for sale, transportation, local amenities, cultural attractions, unique qualities, and even things like median lot size and a noise score. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. We return to you, fellow conspiracy realist from some time outside of our fair metropolis of Atlanta. It is also true that we learned quite a bit about Las Vegas. Not enough. We'll have to go back. Uh, If you have been checking in with us on our various areas of contact, you will know that this is one of our favorite moments of the week. This is where we get to share your stories with your fellow listeners. We're going to talk about meds. We're going to talk about... (laughs) We're going to talk about big sugar, beekeeping. We're going to talk about uh, those gated communities, those little touch pads or swipe screens you see when you enter whoosh, whoosh secured areas. Before we do any of that, we are going to read at least one of the many emails we have received in response to our earlier episode on hearing voices, scientifically called paracusia or auditory hallucination right and this one comes from samurai and this sounds like a way matt would open an email i have to say samurai here permission to share is granted does that sound like you matt that's that's a you thing that's sure kind of that's a matt joke I like sam's it. sam's an old friend as well yeah he's been mm-hmm. writing for a long time he sure has and this one is is uh, no exception in that he has written it, but it's also no. very personal uh, perspective, uh, as you mentioned, Ben. Um, just listen to your hearing voices episode, and it made me feel so much better that I am not alone. I started, quote unquote, hearing voices 
Uh, when I was about 13, at first they were in my own voice, but over the years the voice has changed to various people. I recall a time when it was the voice of Michael York, uh, Carl Sagan, Sean Connery, uh, and Topol as Tevia in the movie Fiddler on the Roof. And more interestingly, Pauly Shore. Wow. I bet that one got a little grating after a while. Um, I remember when I was younger being worried about the voice, thinking it was some sign that I was going crazy or something. In fact, I never even talked about the voice. I would hear until I was in my 20s and mentioned it to my wife. Um, she did not seem to be concerned, but was quick to explain that she did not experience such a thing. The voice, and I use the singular because it has never been more than one at a time. Uh, it may have changed, but I always knew it was the same uh, person. It never felt like separate identities, as you might find in cases of DID. Really quickly, that was something that I think we were all interested in um, and, and wanting to make sure that we were doing was separate this idea of, of this type of um, audible hallucination from the idea of multiple personalities. It, it, they are two very different things. Um, it also is an inherently a sign of schizophrenia, which is also something very different. Uh, people can live very normal lives and you know to samurai's point maybe not even mention it to anybody which i would argue maybe probably was tough you know you opening the email and saying it felt lonely so then to finally have someone that you trust enough that you can mention it to i'm glad that did happen but i'm sure for a long time especially worrying in the way that you, you must have or that you said you did sam um that you were in some way experiencing some form of mental illness that could get worse um i'm really glad you found that ability to share and I'm glad that we were able to, in some small way, uh, help with that. DID stands for Disassociative Identity Disorder. That's right. And yep, that's what I was saying. Um, we was something that came up in the episode that I think, at least me personally, often misconstrued as uh, as this being part and parcel of the same thing. Not the case. Uh, it never felt like separate identities, as you might find in cases of DID, um, with the exception of when I was young, I knew it was just my inner voice. But getting back to what I was saying, the voice was never destructive or harmful. In fact, I would say that it was my realism channel. I found that many times when I was hard or harsh on myself or feeling self-deprecating, it was the voice that would be the voice of reason that would tell me things along the lines of, you're human, don't do this to yourself. Get your ass up and try again. I find that I can use it to my advantage, too, by working out problems and letting it help me work out problems and provide arguments and counter arguments for things I'm working on or in some of my writing. I'm willing to bet that more people than are willing to admit have that voice in their head, uh, but there is such a stigma to admitting it that many people just deny it. Though now, people would probably admit it more than, say, 50 or 100 years ago. Um, one other thing, thinking about metacognition, the first thing that popped into my mind whenever I hear that word, metacognition, that is, is the Nietzsche quote, uh, and if you gaze long enough into an abyss, the abyss will gaze back into you. It's one of our favorites too, Sam. Uh, that said, how deep down the rabbit hole do you want to go, Alice? There's also a part of me that wonders if you talk to yourself and if you create that separation in yourself that allows you to be able to carry on discussions in your head uh, have you created a new identity within you? Or have you maybe, speaking as a computer tech that I've been for the better part of 30 years, partitioned a portion of your brain? This reminds me of the bicameral mind stuff that we discussed. I'd love to, to get into that in a second. Partitioned a portion of your brain as a backup of who you are or uh, who you want to be. We all know that we do not consciously use all of our brain 
So is there enough room in there for a backup of who you are? Do people that have an overly active process of talking to themselves recover better after a stroke that would affect the cognitive portion of their brain than people that do not? These questions answered and more in the follow-up to your episode. Winky face emoji. Hmm. Okay, so that last bit was just shower thoughts. Side thought and question to you five. Have you ever had this happen to you? You were so tired and fighting not to go to sleep, say, while sitting at your desk, and you clearly hear a voice ask you a question and you answer aloud, but either you are the only one in the room or the people that are there with you look at you like, what? And you realize it was all in your head. That's it. Thanks for putting up with me, guys. I appreciate the sounding board. Hmm. I don't think I've ever had anything like that occur where I'm the only one in a room that heard a voice like audibly say something and then I react to it. Yeah, that's what we were talking about in the so. episode. Like I, you know, it's it's very similar to thinking about what it would feel like to not be able to see a thing, a color or something mm-hmm. like that. Or for people that can't see color to wonder what it would be like to see it. I can't imagine what this phenomenon would feel like, you know, in talking about the bicameral mind stuff and the idea of an internal monologue. I think I harped on it a few times in the episode that like, I don't know if this is what I'm experiencing. Like I don't hear a thing exactly. I'm imagining kind of what sound is. And I think that might be the same, but it also might not. Like to me, it sounds like these folks that really experience this truly are hearing a sound inside their head. And I I can't fully wrap my head around if I would know the difference, but I think I probably would. So I think I probably haven't experience it in this way. I'll tell you this, guys. I've been living alone for a little bit now, and I talk to myself a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. I sing to myself, and Mm -hmm. sometimes it's in Sean Connery's voice. I'm not kidding, Samurai. Uh, Quite often, I'm walking around just doing Sean Connery, looking at things and just saying words. Also, you have a probably have a better singing voice than Sean Connery. Oh, I don't know about that. I, I don't. I don't really have one of those. Is he a notoriously but bad singer? He's probably that's a notoriously amazing. amazing singer. Oh, okay. I thought. I'm well, sorry. I thought. Got it. I just. I, I've never really. I compliment people. It is true, Ben. I often walk around the house singing directly to you, whether you know it or not. It's oh. headed straight for your computer. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But um, yeah, no, I, I identify with that thing where. Maybe it will because see, I often like almost play mind tricks like I'm talking to my dogs, right? Mm-hmm. Or I will talk to my dogs, but I'll carry on a conversation that I would be having with another person pretending that my dogs are responding to me just as a way to get through the day. I don't know. Is that is that really strange, guys? I don't think so. Mm, I don't think so. Neurologists out there, what do you think? Okay. <laughs> no, I think people talk to themselves all the time. Um, I talk out loud. I'll say, th- I'll exclaim things when no one's looking. I don't see how it's any different than like laughing at a joke when no one's around. It's something mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're, you're having a dialogue with your own personality or your own senses. You know, I think that's interesting that you bring that up as an analog, or at least the closest thing that you're experiencing to hearing voices is the idea of talking to yourself. In different voices. You are hearing your you're hearing your own your own voice. And most of the time, you know, these folks they do seem to differentiate between the personality of that voice and their own personality, which I think is interesting. Ben, is that something that you've seen as well? Like um people that talk about having this condition, or maybe that's not even the right word, that this is it feels like an external personality that's influencing them, whether positive or negative. We've heard both sides. 
Yeah, going back to your correspondence here, Sam, and thank you as always for writing in. The What I said on the earlier episode about hearing voices is true. One of the one of the indicators is, as you pointed out, Noel, the idea of identification with the other uh, other communique as external or internal. Most people may uh, feel they are just hearing an internal thought, right? Going back to the bicameral mind stuff, uh, one big flag if you struggle with this is whether or not the audio seems to be coming from one ear, quote unquote, or in stereo. Uh, and I, I just want to thank Tam uh, real quick. I want to thank you for for mentioning some of the important things that we got to in the episode. For anyone who does experience this actively, uh, this phenomenon of uh, paracusia or auditory verbal hallucinations, they are not necessarily always deleterious. They are not necessarily always bad for you. And uh, on that note, I'd also like to thank everybody who reached out uh, after hearing that episode, even if I only heard you in my head. Thanks so much. Yeah. And, and you know, the more uh, I think we all look into this, the more we you know, not only are hearing amazing stories from you, but there are quite a few really good TED Talks out there from folks that have experienced this phenomenon. Uh, some really good kind of mini documentaries that we mentioned on the episode, but it really does make me want to find out more because I, th- I think oftentimes we are imprisoned in our own perspectives, and and it's historically the case that people who experience things differently are othered and and often persecuted, and I think sometimes or that dismissed. holds true yeah. today, or dismissed, yeah, which is probably more the case today. Um, but there's probably examples of the others as well. So I think it's just, you know, an important thing to realize that this is something that occurs. It is real for people who experience it, and it is not something that should be dismissed or become cause or maybe a justification for treating people in a negative way. To me, that's, I think, always a lesson to learn about things like this when you think about just because I don't hear it doesn't mean it's not real and it doesn't mean that you uh, aren't struggling with it or to, to um, Sam's point benefiting from it. I love that side of it. You know, you think about the cartoon devil and the cartoon angel. And I think we mentioned, you know, on the episode, the idea of a conscience, you know, always let your conscience be your guide. Um, And that can be a voice and it can be a voice in quote fingers, or it can be an actual voice. And I think that's incredible. And, you know, obviously it all depends on set and setting. I think that came up in the episode as well. And also just, you know, what's going on in a person's life. These voices can compete. They can be, you know, the good voice, the bad voice. Uh, there can be many. It's a very interesting phenomenon. And I, I look forward to learning more about it. So thank you, Sam, for sharing your, your story and sharing, you know, your perspective and being comfortable enough with us to share it. We appreciate it. Agreed. Let's take a quick break, uh, hear a word from our sponsor, and then come back with another message from you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. So tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we've returned and we're going to jump to the phone lines. We got a message from someone anonymous. Howdy, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, we're calling to get you guys to talk about med beds. My mother has gone fully down the kind of uh, pastel non process, and she's buying crystals and buying all sorts of crazy shit in this search of eternal life. And I think that this is one of the biggest scams going on within the QAnon movement. And I would love to see you guys kind of take this on and bring it to task. My understanding is is that there's already a Medbed Hotel in England, I believe. And... It just is a grift, as far as I can tell. And even my mother has had some falling outs because of people who were on their deathbeds who had invested in this technology that was going to cure them. And I think that it's something we need to really address and kind of come to understand so that these flim-flam men don't keep taking these boomers for a ride. Well, love to hear back from you. Love to see you guys produce the content. Uh, feel free to give me a call back if you need to. Bye. All right. Ooh. Anonymous, anonymous with, with stories about med beds. Now, guys, before I jump into anything, 
Have you ever heard of med beds? I don't think we've talked about them. Yeah. I, I, I have never heard of this until uh, hearing this voicemail now. Oh, Same. boys. I was in the same position just a, like a few minutes before we started <laughs> recording here. <laughs> it's pretty interesting, Matt. Uh, what, what, what would you say to anybody who has never heard of this? Well, first I would say Google it just like you guys did because it's, it's interesting what you'll find. I'll, I'm going to kind of give you my journey, I guess, of discovering it. Uh, the first thing I did is I found a Fox 59 post that is literally a copy and paste from an EIN press wire like, newsmatics, like a PR thing, right? They just got, <laughs> just got copied and pasted onto a, a local Fox news channel in Indianapolis. And this is what the title is. Plasma energy spheres, bringing plasma energy based med bed technology to homes in the United States and Canada. I'm going to read just directly from some of this because the language is kind of going to it literally speak to what is happening here. And is you, it I, a little tasty? Do you oh, promise mm. at the end to tell us what pastelinon is? I, was, I have no idea what that is. But I, but <laughs> okay, I kinda, okay, 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 okay. But I also kind of got it in a way, like <laughs> in, in my it's mind. Crystals, like hippie, hippie kind of like. Snake oil stuff. That's sort of what yeah. I interpreted it as. But also anti-Semitic. So <laughs> well, I but see, I don't know if it is or not. I but that's the thing. That's it gets tricky with QAnon. We because, gotta get to Medbed first. Uh, yeah, we do. We do. Okay. So I'm just gonna read it. Quote Medbeds and Medbed type technology are a new term and subject that is reaching the general public. Although the term medbed can have many meanings, many are hearing this term in reference to energy and frequency-based technology. There are many rumors that the government has medbed pods that will eliminate disease, injuries, and other ailments, and although none of that can be confirmed or denied, there are many new frequency-based technologies making their way into the public. One of these technologies is called plasma energy spheres, which, oh, use, which uses plasma energy and thousands of frequency codes, frequencies codes, to help rejuvenate the body and cells. Okay. And they're about 30 grand, 20 <laughs> grand a piece, roughly. And they look kind of like a cryopod, you know, from like a sci-fi movie. 30 <laughs> to 50,000 crystals, right? Because you always want a second currency. Um, well, let me just tell you, the... Uh, the most affordable of these med beds that I've found run about 3,500 bucks. Okay? 3,500. 3,500. 3,500. Okay. What do they want? I'm sure you could get them down to 3,200. That seems like a bargain. Those are the ones. I think this, these are the ones that have these plasma spheres. Now, I wanted to find out, okay, what are plasma spheres? What do they look like when they're working as a technology incorporated into a bed? Mm -hmm. Well, boys. Hmm. Uh, I found a little thing here uh, on usamedbed.com. I've linked to it in our doc. I see. I believe it. it's the third one. Um, and this is the USA MedBed store where you can go and learn about different types of MedBeds. And I believe you can make purchases. I didn't actually attempt to make any purchases. But in here, it teaches you all about what this means plasma energy spheres and plasma wave generators and how they function to quote heal the body of all kinds of different things right which we have to state right here okay 
there is no proven technology. There are no clinical tests, things going on that can show that this specific technology, these specific energies uh, can actually heal bodies of anything. Okay. Mm -hmm. That right now is the truth. That is what's going on. If someone tells you otherwise, they're probably trying to get one over on you. Um, This might have some kind of effect on you, but it's not going to heal you. And do you know why? Why is that? These plasma spheres, guys, you may have seen these in a store at the mall before. Oh, sharper image. Spencer gifts. That's it. You've seen or like them. your local science center. It's the thing that you put your hand on and it makes your hair stand up, right? Yes, that's well, exactly. That's different. Well, sort of. There's the one where you, you put your hand on the orb and then the little tinglys mm-hmm. come and touch your fingies. Yes. But what if you could lay on it? You know, the question every middle <sighs> schooler has had in the United States. But that's not at all what's happening here. Uh? There are two of them that get placed on either side of the bed. Right? Vertical or horizontal sides? Uh, well, it, it would be horizontal sides. Okay. Left hand and right hand sides of the bed. And then the human being or human beings uh, lay down in the center of those. And then somehow frequencies from those two things pass through you and it helps with stuff, at least according to that usamedbed.com website. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says, generates a plasma energy field in small rooms. The plasma spheres are portable devices, so there's no connection to power or power supply pollution. Okay. They can also be used in nature away from electromagnetic pollution. You can kind of see what's happening here, right? With yeah, stuff we've I, talked I about feel before. Feel a little bit of a vibe with this one. Yeah. There's definitely a, a vibe going on. There are diagrams on that site that show you. Uh, what are those? Is it Carillion photography? The type of photography mm-hmm. that yeah. aura shows photography? auras? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. There's images that look like that on here. Um, it is just, I don't know. It seems on the surface, I'm already agreeing with our anonymous caller. Like this feels off to me. Did you happen to catch the uh, BBC article, The Truth About Med Beds, A Miracle Cure That Doesn't Exist? Oh, Yes. That is really good takes and and quotes in that one from shout out out to uh, journalist Mike Wendling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, From just just a couple of years ago. Um, And there is one part in particular that uh, features a a doctor who's kind of spends a lot of time either debunking kind of junk medic medical claims and things like that. And uh, he had this to say, it's really hard to define something that does not exist. The trial referring to you know, some claim of a clinical trial that mm-hmm. this um, companies that make these are referring to. Uh, the trial is nothing. It tells you to lay on your bed and think really hard about the med bed. Uh, in their defense, they do list on their website in the very fine print down at the bottom, the med bed is not meant to treat or diagnose illnesses. And then goes on to talk about how the FDA is partly to blame because th- all you have to do if you have a device like this that is completely useless is register it. Because it's a device, but it doesn't actually do anything. Therefore, it doesn't require FDA testing or certification. So you can make the claim that it's FDA registered, but that's absolutely meaningless. Hmm. Oh, in, in that same article, it states there were some versions of these beds. Again, not a single med bed is created equal, sure. equally. Right, because they're all different manufacturers. They've all got different components that you're buying, different features. Many of them are technological. 
like an iPad of sorts that then connects up to other technologies that are a part of the bed or to be used with mm. the bed. Um, mm. And you can kind of upgrade to your heart's content until you're spending twenty, literally $20,000 US on one of these things. Um, so guys, I want to find out more. And I wondered if there's a place that I could use a med bed. Could I go to like a spa and <gasps> experience a med bed? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Tell me. Tell us. So I found a place in San Clemente, California. It's called mm-hmm. O2 Wellness. Mm-hmm. And they've got on their website listed somewhere under services, uh, a page titled The Med Bed. And it says, experience the med bed. Our med bed combines PEMF, infrared heat, and brainwave entrainment. Entrainment. E-N-T-R-A-I-N-M-E-N-T. <laughs> to promote that a made-up word. I don't know. No, it like, exists yeah. in English. It's Is just that a kunk on earth kind of thing? The, <laughs> I'm sorry. Way they're I'm applying it. Yeah. The way they're applying it yeah. ask, uh, uh, sort of begs further explanation is well, I'm being very diplomatic here. Well, and this is the part that flummoxed me a little bit. It says mm-hmm. uh, it uses those to promote healing and balance in the mind and body. So healing and balance, whether sure. you are perfectly healthy or you want to treat a specific condition or symptom, the med bed can help. If people were all perfectly healthy, none of them would have died. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But this is this is the part that irks me. It irks. I think it irks everybody. It's well, except for people who believe in it. And there are a lot of people who believe this, like wholeheartedly, that this med bed, this these technologies are somehow going to help. Mm. And I don't want to just make anybody that would believe that feel bad. It's just mm. we know that this. It, there's no way that this med bed can treat things like or help with. Acute or chronic pain and injuries, allergies, autoimmune diseases, neuropathy, cataracts, Crohn's disease, diabetes, depression, lack of energy, heartburn, herniated discs, immune support, IBS, kidney stones, menopause, migraines, obesity. It goes on and on and on and on and on. The only one I heard that is provable there is uh, <laughs> is lack of energy, right? If you get a lay down at any point, you that's going to help. That's going to help a little, but the rest of it, to your note, Matt, and to you, Adon, it seems a bit broad in application, whether it stands for meditation bed or what is it, medical bed, then it it seems like they're promising a lot. And to uh, Noel's point, it seems like they're not being required to prove efficacy. So it, it, it is a little concerning, you know. It's interesting, too, in that article that we were talking about, there's a company that keeps coming up called Tesla. Yes. No uh, relation to the company. No relation, right? And that's like a branding nightmare. Tesla biohealing. I guess that's where it, I mean, Tesla is Tesla Motors. This is Tesla biohealing. It is a famous individual's last name. I guess it's no one can own Tesla outright, maybe, but I don't know. It's the subtitle matters. But anyway, on the top of the article, there's a picture of like what looks like a pay by the you know, our type flea bed, flea bag motel uh, somewhere in Mississippi or on the Mississippi River is what it says that has been converted into a Tesla med bed center. And it is it is scuzzy looking. It's rough. Um, and apparently this company sells their med beds for 20 grand. Um, but you can get time with one for just 160 bucks an hour. 
Well, see, but now that's crazy. Because when I talked to uh, the actually lovely person at O2, and I don't want to cast aspersions on that company at all because sure. they offer yeah. all kinds of things. And again, they're mm-hmm. offering a service that people are willing to pay for. So whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. It just seems a little whatever. Uh, they were very kind. And according to the person I spoke to, it is $40 for 10 minutes on a med bed. Okay. Well. And so <laughs> when your mind starts to wrap it, self around that you think okay well it's only forty dollars that's a lot uh, for you know some people but you do get 10 minutes but then you realize that's only 10 minutes mm-hmm. how much tumor size reduction are we One talking six here? of an hour yeah that's exactly what i was thinking how long do you need to be in there and sh- and the person i spoke to just said well people come in a lot also again if there is not this guaranteed result in none of these cases anonymous have there been guaranteed results? There have been claimed testimonials, which are very much not the same thing. Sort of how, like before Google became Alphabet, they said, don't be evil, which is not the same thing as saying, be good or do well. <laughs> and then, yeah. You know, also the, the idea, it only really, look, it, it reminds me a bit of the IV things that sprung up where they say we're going to just put some nutrients straight into your veins and there is uh, efficacy, there is advantage to that, but perhaps not all of the advantages advertised, right, by the people who want to hook you up to the thing. Uh, You could say that, you could say that overall, yes, people are stressed. Overall, yes, people do need time to go horizontal and relax for a little bit. You know, why not? What, what differentiates a med bed from a sense dev tank? You could put the same technology in both. And I like multifunctional things. That's a good point, Ben. And also like, I don't think anyone's claiming that a sensory deprivation tank is going to cure you of all of your, you know, ailments right it is it is more marketed as sort of a new age sort of meditative you know introspective kind of thing in my understanding at least yeah um yeah i think if you meditate like that it's going to be good for you but if you and well here's the other thing if Mm. you placebo think that Mm p-e-m-f right that whole plasma electromagnetic field therapy thing sure uh is going to somehow have an effect on you maybe it will Maybe if you go to imrsprime.com, you can see the specific type of med bed, which is really just a computer system that you apply on a bed. Hmm. Uh, that is the one that is at that O2 wellness place. And you can, it, again, you can read all about it until you get to the very bottom. And just hmm. like that BBC article says, Noel, uh, it says the IMRS Prime Wellness System is not licensed or certified as a medical device. The system is not intended to diagnose, cure, treat, mitigate, or prevent any particular disease or symptom of a disease. And that same warning applies to this show. Yes. <laughs> what, what, what was that catch-all term that Anon used? Pistachio Anon? What was it? 
Pastel Anon. Paisley Anon? Pastel Anon. Anon. I I still want to know more about that. Oh, it's not as deep red Q. The the whole reason people are super excited about, not the whole reason, the reason this is getting traction. We didn't even talk about that. JFK. (laughs) Well, it's not because, it's not directly because of QAnon. But there are so many rumors that are being spread, just spread everywhere, especially, weirdly enough, as our anonymous caller is saying, Mm -hmm. in slightly older uh, generations, like just Mm -hmm. beyond ours, that speak of Elysium-level technology of these special beds that Mm -hmm. cure anything and everything, no matter how dead you are or how hurt you are, this thing's going to get you and you'll be fine. Just come right back. Um, and it's uh, and it's uh, the extreme, like the QAnon tie, right? Is that uh, this Elysium level? I love that, Matt. This Elysium level technology is used to keep uh, J. Fitzgerald Pop Pop Kennedy alive until such a time as his revelatory return. Well, yeah, and and it's tied to that too. But now it's gone beyond that. Now it is just. Oh, these, oh yeah, you heard about the med, the med beds, right? That they've got this freaking med beds that the Illuminati's got, or, you know, and it just becomes something people will talk about and just mention. And it's just kind of accepted as it continues. Mm. I just want to add to the whole, uh, I think we brushed over this or maybe I didn't quite get an answer, but, uh, Pastelanon is specifically kind of like a aesthetic quality of spreading some of these QAnon type memes. Like, uh, remember the Wayfair scandal where there was this whole rumor that like Wayfair, the furniture company, it was doing sex trafficking and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But a lot of the, the, the pastel thing comes from a feminine aesthetic that's, uh, that's associated with spreading these types of messages. So it'll be like nice, soft, warm colors and like, like wavy text, sort of like eat, pray, love kind of signage, but spreading, you know, Q kind of conspiracy stuff. Interesting. I did not I did not know that. I think that's really fascinating. Oh yeah. I'm gonna look into that more. All right. Well hey, uh that's all we know for now, Anon. We hope your your mom's okay. We hope uh anyone out there who is using one of these med beds who has experience with it will write to us and tell us your experience and just let us know how you feel about it. Uh, that would be great. We'll be right back with more messages from you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. So tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I'd like to start this segment by thanking, again, everybody who wrote in. This is fascinating stuff. Uh, I want to be fully clear, uh, at the end of this listener mail segment, I may do something that is considered a bit of an advertisement, perhaps problematic. What are we talking about? You'll see in a moment. Our first letter comes from Glassgate. Glassgate, first off, says, you're welcome to read what I've written if you wish. Please refer to me as Glassgate. And then notes they would love uh, for us to cover and for us to dive deep into homeowner associations, to do an episode on HOAs. We've talked about it a bit. I think we agree it's a, uh, I think we agree it's an episode in the future. And Glassgate is writing to us about operational security. You know how you go to a community that has uh, some sort of gated thing like a touchpad or a card swipe. Sure. You know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Glassgate says, I wouldn't say these gates are completely ineffective, but I do think they mostly serve as a reminder to help honest people stay honest and to give residents a false sense of security. At one of my prior jobs, I would work with a gate code system and have become familiar with a handful of them. Like many other systems, a lot of gate code systems have a default gate code. A large number of communities never change nor disable that default code. So if someone happens to be familiar with a list of these gate codes, they could sit and try multiple default codes to see if they could get in. Now, let's pause there. First reactions. Have you guys ever done this? Found a default gate code? Yeah. No, but sounds good. I just try 666 on all of them just to see. <laughs> I bet that, you know what? I bet that works in Los Angeles and Las Vegas, 100%. One, two, three, four, five, you know, yeah, stuff, one, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I do the sequential number. Uh, no, I, I don't, I don't yeah. actually do this. I'm just, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it would be kind of creepy, right? Isn't that like going and testing people's gates? I don't, well, I don't think it would well, be frowned upon. It's, if it's people's gates, that's different from an institution. That's fair. Yeah, well, you know, right. Technically, it is the people's gate who live behind said gate. Right. Again, if it's an institution, it's far less ethically fraught. I, and uh, Glassgate continues and says, 
In addition, a lot of gate systems have a code that's designated for emergency services. That means that anytime anyone in emergency police, fire, or medical services who is given one of these codes for access basically has that code going forward. Modern systems make it easier to change codes, but because emergency services need access at unexpected times, it's generally not too wise to change those codes. The code works just like any other. So in many systems, it's not like it's likely to alert anyone that the emergency access code was used. In some systems, it may hit a log, but it's rare that a system allows a special notification to be sent and that someone has taken time to set up such a notification. Kind of scary to pause here because it sounds like, and you guys correct me if I'm off base, it sounds like what Glassgate is saying is that there are a lot of people who get handed skeleton keys and... And then it never gets changed. And it never gets changed. Does that sound about right? I think so. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Glassgate continues like some sort of hellish Billy Mays. But wait, it gets worse. Long ago, I worked for a consolidated police and fire department 911 dispatch center, which covered all of Salt Lake County. Our computer aided dispatch system would keep records on addresses, anything they dispatched for, and would ha- add what are called hazard flags to any address. And One of the things they would use in that hazard field, right, that sort of metadata for for sending people out, was the emergency access gate code for any, quote, apartment complex, community, organization, company, you name it. And while that stuff was pretty up to date because there were emergencies aplenty, I imagine, there was very little logging in place in order to track who had access to that information. The logs would not do anything substantive in terms of chain of command. And I'm paraphrasing a lot here. But basically, they wouldn't pinpoint an individual's access, right? That's what it's saying. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what Glassgate is saying. And Glass goes on to say, here's a quick list of anyone I can think of right off the top of my head who would have access. And now we have a four-point bullet list. Maybe we round robin it. Matt, you want to start? Sure. Every police officer or detective and many employees of any police department we dispatched for, which was almost all of them in the county. Which again, theoretically, that's good, right? A police Mm -hmm. officer can gain access if you're stuck in your apartment or a part of your apartment complex or even job, right? At your place of business. And you're in trouble, an officer can come and aid you. Theoretically, that's good. Every firefighter and emergency medical technician, as well as most fire department employees in the entire county. Mm -hmm. And the third would be various contractors that Glassgate Center worked with at various times, sometimes for long, sustained periods. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm just here to do the HVAC. Well, you know I mean? did, we were talking about this on that uh, news piece you brought, Matt, about the, the Los Angeles um, killings of the young women. They lived very close to one another, and that's sort of where this came up. I don't know if this is what Glassgate is I think that's exactly what referencing. Mm-hmm. I think Glassgate is doing. Yeah, yeah. And, the, uh, and to continue, the fourth point would be perhaps most importantly, says Glassgate, basically every employee of the company which created and maintained 
the system. The last point is important, says Glassgate, because this was a popular CAD system used across the country for, not the county, the country, for small to mid-sized agencies. The employees of this business effectively have access to gate codes across the entirety of the United States. Again, the company was based in Utah, does not have remote employees, and then Glassgate says the following. And uh, you know what? Let's round robin this again. Somebody, somebody pick up here. That said, consider this. Motorola provides their own CAD or computer-aided dispatch system that targets large agencies. No idea what one looks like or how secure its information might be, but... They bought out the company which supplied the CAD system to which I'm referring to years ago. So, feasibly, a lot of employees at Motorola now also have access to that sort of information. Yeah, Motorola has offices in 24 locations across the country. They have innumerable contractors and provide CAD systems to agencies small and large. Sleep tight, gentlemen. (laughs) Um, Well, see, it's just so... um, uh, anyone that installs your home security system, anyone yeah, that installs your garage door, mm-hmm. and, you know, any company that has those things has these default codes. And- any delivery service that uh, visits you regularly such that you say, hey, it's more convenient for you to just be able to get in and drop it off. Yeah, that's <laughs> not fun. It's not fun. It is a it is an important point, And, you know. This will be of great interest, not only to you, Glassgate, but I think to all of us tuning in this evening, there is a device that you can buy to play along at home called the Flipper Zero. Have you heard of this? No. Tell us. The Flipper Zero is a relatively affordable, let's call it a multi-tool for pen testers and geeks. That's how they describe themselves. Uh, the the Flipper Zero is something that can play with radio protocols, control systems, access hardware, things like that. It's open source. It's customizable. And you can play along with it. And what I'm saying is to add to your point, Classgate, these entry thresholds often, they're socio they're, they're social barriers. They're not hard barriers. Uh, the Flipper Zero might be scary to people because think of how many modern cars work on a key fob. You know, the, the, that's all just what? A radio frequency? I'm not an expert, but if one could emulate that radio frequency, a lot more cars are unlocked. Uh, <laughs> it, re- it reminds me a little bit of the, the, the small picket fences that are ornamental that you see outside of so many houses in the suburbs, they go up to about your waist and you think that is not even stopping a short dog. It's more of a suggestion. Yeah. 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 Is this the one you said I would be really interested in, Ben? Yes. uh, I put that in our notes. I thought you would be very interested in the flipper zero Matt. Why? Because it's No, we talked about this before. Yeah. It's a way to explore different uh signals right passively as well it's it's fascinating um in in full disclosure this should not at all 
ever be used for anything illegal. And in full disclosure, I'm sure there are people using this for illegal means. I don't think even law enforcement should have a skeleton key to all fob-operated car mm. locks. Well, hey, weirdly enough, guys, I've got I've either got a poltergeist living in and around my garage or somebody tampered with my external garage door opener that I have, which is a whole lot of fun. <laughs> really? Wait, so you, yeah. you thought that you accidentally left it open, but in fact, it has been spontaneously opening. Yeah, it's not functioning anymore. The password got changed on it. And huh. I was like, huh, that's kind of strange. I was gone that's for a little while. That's concerning, Matt, because also, yeah, we were talking earlier and you said you left the garage door open and it just seemed yes. very unlike you. Yep. So that's fun. Uh, the good thing is if they come in my house, they got to deal with me. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is, that is a chilling point about this. And it's one that perhaps Glassgate is referring to here. The things that may seem secure are, well, I don't know. I'm just thinking about like chain of custody. What do you, it's like asking about changing your password. How often does one change? one's password right how do you how do you change those codes for law enforcement yeah i mean our work one requires us to do it every so often but i bet most people take the path of least resistance and just add a digit on there you know whatever happened to those password wallets remember those those were popular for a minute where it'll gener generate you you have a master password mm -hmm. and then it generates you random passwords that are really complicated you'd think there'd be one of those for a home security system you know, mm. or something along those lines where you would know that it would cycle through, mm. you know, in a way that it couldn't be replicated. There might be a, that's a good question. Uh, for the home security stuff, I imagine for direct access or even remote access, there's the facial recognition, some kind of soft biometric going in, you know. Movies are any indication. All you got to do is scoop somebody's eye out and then you hold it up to the thing and then you get access to the launch deck. We've all learned this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing that movies miss, I, I think, often is that the eye scans that they're alluding to, which are real things, also factor in temperature of the eye. So you got to, it, it's like, got to be fresh. It's like <laughs> cheating on a test. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the people who cheat on piss test will try to have whatever fake piss warm. You got to like, kind of you know roll the eye around a little oh, bit in your hands oh, yeah, yeah. Well, those those piss tastes take that into account if you buy those kits so i've heard they come with little hand warmer things and you and you and you keep them in there and they warm it up and then you keep it close to your body uh-huh what with could a little go strip, wrong yeah, a little yeah, strip yeah. on there that tells you yeah. what the temp is so i've heard mm -hmm. is what i say right also uh i'm kidding about the temperature of the eyeball uh it's not going to work Please, if you're hearing this and you thought you, just go, you, uh, you were on uh, the fence about it, don't take eye. someone's eye out yeah. and try to get into that place because it's also it's going to need to be an actionable eye. And the technology to create something that dilates that way uh, and responds that way to light without being plugged into a human skull is very non-existent. Why didn't you point. say so? You need an actionable eye? I get you an actionable, an actionable eye. Oh, you I know an guy. eye? Oh, you, I know an eye guy. You got an eye with a guy? I got an actionable eye guy. Yeah. And 
we are speaking of folks who have eyes on. We are so grateful for your time this evening, fellow conspiracy realist. Thank you to Anonymous. Thank you to Glassgate. Thank you to Samurai, everyone else who wrote in, who continues to contact us during these strange, uh, dare we say, interesting times. If you want to take a page out of their book, we would love for you to join us. We try to be easy to find online. That's right. We are conspiracy stuff on Ixnay on the Interway. Um, we are conspiracy stuff on YouTube and Facebook, and we are conspiracy stuff show on Instagram and TikTok. Hey, do you like your phone? Call one eight three three S T D W Y T K. Give yourself a cool nickname. You've got three minutes to leave a voicemail. Can't go over that, or else it'll cut you off. Please, at some point, let us know if we can use your name and message on one of our Listener Mail episodes. If you've got more to say than can fit in there, why not instead send us a good old-fashioned email? We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.